There are a lot of different words and phrases to describe somebody who can't see very well. So I thought we'd go over a few of them and what in the world they really mean. That's coming up today on episode number five of Life After Sight Loss Radio. Welcome to Life After Sight Loss Radio, the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, aka visually impaired person. If you're new to the program, welcome aboard. I'm so glad that you're here. This is the place where we do product reviews, life advice, encouragement, how-tos, and so much more, all with the express purpose of helping individuals and families who are facing or who have recently gone through physical sight loss. And if you're new to the program, again, welcome to it. If you're returning, hey, so glad that you've decided to come back for some more of Life After Sight Loss Radio. Today on the show, like I said, we're talking about the different terms, the different words, the different phrases that describe us as people that can't see very well, because there's quite a few of them out there, and they can be somewhat confusing for not only us as people who can't see very well, but for the sighted community as well. So we're going to talk about that today. Before we jump into everything, as always, I want to let you know that you can find the show notes to this episode, which includes links, conversation, information, all that stuff right over there. You just have to go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 005. That's lifeaftersightloss.com slash 005. Again, you'll find links, information, everything you wanted to know that I mentioned in this episode. You don't have to frantically run around try to find something to write it down on. No worries. Links and everything. Lifeaftersightloss.com slash 005. As we get rolling today, let's take a moment to jump into some news and updates. I always like to share a few things here at the beginning of the podcast, some of them entertaining, some of them informative, some of them to make you think, maybe to make you laugh, whatever the case is. And some of the news uh, and updates that I provide are very blind related or visually impaired related. And some of them, like this first story, is not is not blind related or doesn't have anything to do with blindness. But I, th- I think it's one of those things, you know, that I'm like, I think you would like this. So I'm going to share it. So the first story is... <laughs> Uh, about this woman who was at Disney World, and she is watching the fireworks at the end of the day. Now, if you've ever been to Disney, you know that the parks have grand fireworks shows at the end of the day. I don't know what park she was in, but apparently she was sitting there getting ready for the fireworks, and this set of teenagers were sitting in front of her. Now, I know teenagers, right? They're they're definitely the problem in this story. They're actually not. Uh, when the fireworks start, apparently they stand up, and this is according to the police report. Yes, there's a police report. The teenagers stand up, and then the lady gets sort of upset and tells them to sit down. You know, she's sitting there. They're standing. She wants to watch the fireworks, and they're like, whatever, and so they, according to the police were police report to get up and leave and one girl tells the lady you can have our place now i don't know if she said well fine just have our place or well you can have our place i don't know what she said it doesn't give me inflection in the text but apparently whatever she said and however she said it set this lady off and she began to choke this teenage girl (laughs) 
in the middle of this fireworks show. Finally, the girl's yelling and she lets go and the lady's like, don't mess with me. And police got involved and everything else. But I'm like, what? Like, what is the problem? Like, I've been to Disney. I'm going to Disney again this year. I love Disney and it's wonderful. My wife loves the fireworks. But I'm not sure that I would want to choke somebody. Maybe that lady had a bad day. You know, maybe she didn't get to see Mickey Mouse or she did, but after a 45-minute wait, who knows what the case was. I guess the point of this story is, remember, if something doesn't go your way, choking somebody out is probably not the answer. Looks like our smartphones are out to get us. Yes, a doctor at the Mayo Clinic talked about a patient who had come in with loss of sight in one eye in two different occasions. And they were diagnosing her with MS, and it was like, what happened? And this doctor actually, after some questions, figured out she doesn't have MS. She actually has been looking at her smartphone in the dark with one eye, and that eye was taking time to adjust after the fact. Yes, this is a real story, and this woman almost got diagnosed with MS. Now, they apparently, they have something called transient smartphone blindness, or TSB. No, I did not make that up. They really said that. I've got a link over in the show notes if you want to check out the video to it. But transient smartphone blindness, because what this lady was doing was looking at her phone in her bed at nighttime, and apparently she had like one eye in the pillow and one eye looking at the phone. And so that one eye looking at the phone because of the bright screen and the dark room had caused her eye to need to adjust back to the same perception as the other eye and so it took a little while and she had some blindness based on that and again it happened a couple of times and the doctor was like oh you know whatever the case was it's like um you know this probably is not ms and thank god for that doctor because you know but but seriously transient smartphone blindness TSB. If anybody comes to you and says, oh, I'm really struggling. I have TSB. You can tell them, put your phone down. Trust me, these phones are really out to get us. So just put your phone down, especially at nighttime. And, uh, you know, let's just calm down with it a little bit because, hey, a little bit of smartphone usage goes a long, long way. A professor at the London Vision Clinic talked about some myths that a lot of people have and wanted to say whether they were true or whether they were false. Now, again, I've got a link over to this article in the show notes, but he gave five myths and talked about if they were true or not. But a couple of them popped out to me as really interesting. The first one was that looking at a screen for a long period of time has damage on your vision. And he said that was false. There's no scientific research and proof that looking at a screen for a long period of time has lasting damaging effects on your sight. He does say it can cause eye strain and dry eye because you don't blink quite as much staring at the screen. But the research has not yet shown of the lasting effects. I think there probably will be eventually, but he says not as of yet. That doesn't mean go stare at the TV for 24 hours a day. However, at least when your kids are staring at the screen, you know, it's not going to kill them. Although maybe don't tell them that just in case you need to use that excuse of it's going to burn your eyes out. The other interesting myth that he shared was that people will say, if you had an eye problem, you would know about it or you would you would feel it. And he says, you know, that's really not true because a lot of times things like glaucoma are silent. You know, they don't have a lot of symptoms until all of a sudden. Uh, what I have, Labor's hereditary optic neuropathy, I didn't know I had it, one, because I was adopted and it's genetic and I didn't know my medical history. And two, until it started, there were no symptoms. My eyes didn't hurt. My eyes didn't even hurt in the process of losing my sight. So a lot of times if somebody's like, well, if you had something wrong with your eyes, you'd know about it. And it's like, no, you probably wouldn't. 
not necessarily in certain things. Obviously, if there's certain things that are causing you pain, you might know about that. But be aware that taking care of your eyes, regular eye checks are really important. So, uh, you know, I learned that one from my mom because she's on me all the time about going to get my eyes checked. So uh, go get your eyes checked as often as you can uh, because that's really important. So that's our news and updates for this week. Uh, What do you think about these stories? And do you have anything you would like to share as far as news and updates goes? I'd love to hear from you. You can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or send me an email, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com. You know, when I lost my sight, I didn't know what in the world I was. Like, sort of your identity has been stripped away, you're not sure who you are, or what you're going to do now, and that sort of thing, and you didn't even know what you were supposed to be called. I remember when I first heard the word blind, I was kind of taken aback. I wrote a post about that on my blog, which you can find a link to in today's show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 005, but it was just sort of dumbfounding to me. Like, am I blind? Is that what I am? Like, I think we hear those words and we're like, oh gosh, I just don't know what I am. And so today I wanted to go through a few of these words, a few of these phrases, a few of these things. And kind of describe them and, and go through them and give you some information about them just in case you're wondering about them too. Now, maybe you're a visually impaired person and you're like, oh, I kind of want to know what in the world I am. Maybe you're a sighted supporter and you're not sure what to call your loved one to other people. Like, are they blind? Are they this? Or what are they? Uh, you know, there's, there's not necessarily bad or good. It's just you kind of want to know. So I thought we'd go over a few of them. Now, as we begin, I want you to remember something, that visual impairment or not being able to see very well is a spectrum, and it goes from one end to the other. One end is total blindness, you can't see anything, and on the other end, it's just a little bit of impairment in your vision, and it might not cause you all that much trouble, but it is a spectrum, so you will fall somewhere on there if you have vision loss of whatever matter it may be, whether it's completely gone, whether it came because of a disease or a tumor, whatever the case is, you fall on the spectrum, and just keep that in mind as we go through these things today. So the first one we want to go through is the phrase legally blind. Now, you may have heard that phrase before. Somebody is legally blind. I'm legally blind. What are you? Are you legally blind? And here is the breakdown of what the phrase legally blind means. It's used for governmental purposes. It's used for like if you're trying to get assistance and things like that. You need to be legally blind. And to qualify to be considered legally blind, you have to have vision at its best correctable point of 20 over 200. So normal vision is 2020, right? So you go to the doctor, checks you out, 2020, you're good to go, no correction, no glasses, no contacts, whatever it is. Well, maybe you go to the doctor and he checks your vision with no glasses or no contacts and you have like I don't know, 2070, 2080, something like that. You put glasses on, you're back to 2020. You're good. So your best correctable vision in that case is 2020. Now, to have the ability to be legally blind, you have to have correctable vision greater than or equal to 2200. That basically means what a sighted person can see at 200 feet, a person like this could only see at 20 feet. Now, that's a rough explanation of it. That's not exactly the case because of the way vision works, but that's just a rough guesstimate. And so your best correctable vision has to be 20 over 200. That means with glasses, with contacts, with anything, if it's 
equal to or worse than 2200, you are considered legally blind. Now, bear in mind that these numbers that I'm using are for the U.S. So if you're listening outside of the United States, then you might have different numbers and different reasons why you'd be considered legally blind or whatever your country calls it. And if you'd like to provide me with that information, if you're like, hey, this is what it is, send me an email, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com. Now, as a side note, I think that uh, vision for driving, you have to have correctable vision at like 2050, the last time I remember. And so don't get those confused. Legally blind is far too worse to be driving. You know, like, again, correctable vision at like 2050, that's as good, as low as you can go. So don't get them confused. Again, legally blind, 2200. The next one is visually impaired. Now, this is the one I use very commonly all the time, visually impaired person, VIP. That's what I would consider myself as a visually impaired person. Now, what is this describing? Typically, visually impaired people describe themselves like this because they have some type of usable vision. Now, it's a general term. It's a very blanket term, if you will. Anybody could use it. But it's usually described for people that are somewhat able to use some vision left, whether it's shadows, light perception, whether it's seeing you know, a little far, a little near, whatever the case is. People that have a little bit of usable vision, no matter how much, will typically use the phrase visually impaired. And as a side note, most people that have vision problems have some type of usable vision remaining. They're not totally blind. Um, I would say upwards of 80 to 90%, and I haven't looked at the latest numbers or research, but a bunch of people, the majority of people, have some type of usable vision. Now, that may not mean they can see great. They may only have light perception or shadows or whatever, but most people with a vision impairment have some type of vision remaining. So the term visually impaired can really describe those type of people with usable vision. The next term is the classic word blind. Now, again, this is the overarching general term for people. Are you blind? And really, the term blind has become synonymous with people who can't see anything. It's the picture of like dark sunglasses and the white cane or the guide dog or the 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 stare off into space. You know, that's what people consider it. Because how many times have I gotten the idea that I don't, quote, look blind? If you're listening to this and you're a visually impaired person, maybe you've gotten that too. Well, you don't look blind or, you know, that sort of thing. And I've asked sighted people, what do blind people look like? And again, it's that very dark sunglasses. It's that sort of wobble, that haze, you know, that sort of thing. And I think we have to break that stereotype because Blind people can look like you, can look like me, can look like a lot of different things. But again, blind is that overarching term. Like, are you blind? Technically, yes, I am blind. I am blind. I'm legally blind. I'm visually impaired. I'm all those things because I cannot see like a, quote, normal person can see. And so that's why we would use that term blind. Now, I don't use that term for myself all the time. I use, like I said, visually impaired because it gets more to what I have versus, you know, just being totally blind, that sort of thing. And speaking of being totally blind, these next two words come into play with that. One is total, one is partial. These are pretty self-explanatory. The word total describes a person who is totally blind. They have no vision whatsoever or maybe just very small light sensitivity or something, uh, but they would consider themselves completely and totally blind, so they are a total. Somebody who's considered a partial, like myself, I'm a partial because I have 
partial vision. Some vision remaining, some vision doesn't work anymore, basically. So those are pretty easy terms to use. You might be a total, you might be a partial, but at the end of the day, we all have some vision impairment or we're blind, that sort of thing. Hey, I got a couple more terms to use that don't necessarily describe people, but mostly other things. And I want to get into those here in just a second. So stick around and we'll be right back. Hey, so I was on an episode of a podcast this week called Life After Blindness, which you can find at lifeafterblindness.com. Now, the host name is Tim Schwartz, and Tim and I had a conversation about how I'm a stay-at-home dad and how I take care of things around the house with my kids and my wife and all that sort of thing. We had a great time discussing that. So if you'd like to hear that episode, I've got a link in the show notes for today's episode. You can just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 005. But check out Tim. He's kind of a sister site to what we're doing. He's got a great voice. He's got a great insight for things. I'd love for you to go check it out. Hopefully, I'll have Tim on the podcast in the near future, and we can have great conversations. So go check him out. Link in the show notes to that episode. All right, so we're continuing talking about the terms that describe a person who cannot see very well. And just to recap, we talked about being legally blind, which means you have to have your best correctable vision at 2200. We talked about being visually impaired, which is what I would consider myself, probably having some usable vision. We talked about being blind, which is generally the overarching term for somebody who cannot see, uh, a lot of times used for people who are totally blind. And then we talked about the terms total and partial. And of course, total meaning that you are totally blind, mostly, and partial being somebody who can partially see or has partial vision. Now, the next two terms I want to give you are not necessarily describing a person like I am this, but just interesting terms. The first one is the phrase visual disturbance. Now, I've heard this phrase come up in the medical field before with doctors and patients and so forth. And the idea that you might describe somebody who is a patient, you might describe somebody who is a client of something as having a visual disturbance. And the reason you would describe them that way is because you're not sure of their vision, maybe. You're not sure what their acuity is. You're not sure if they're totally blind or partially blind, but you're letting somebody know, hey, this person has an issue seeing, so they have a visual disturbance. And actually, that's one of my favorite things to do, just because it's kind of cheeky and interesting. Uh, Tell people, well, I have a visual disturbance. I have a lot of other disturbances, but definitely the visual one for sure as well. So if you like that, you can take that and run with it. Visual disturbance. And finally, one thing you might hear occasionally is the phrase low vision. And sometimes you might hear somebody say, you know, I have low vision or they have low vision. But a lot of times it's used for products and aids to help people that have some usable vision left. So magnifiers, screen readers, um, big things with or big playing cards, uh, large print, things like that. They're low vision aids or low vision products. And so, again, I'm not necessarily calling myself somebody with low vision, but I would say I use low vision assistive products. And so that's where you might get that. So for the most part, it's not necessarily describing a person, but more the products that that person would probably use. 
Now, those are just a few of the words and phrases that we use to describe ourselves, to describe people that can't see very well. Maybe you've heard of others. Maybe you use others for yourself. But the whole question is, why does it matter? You know, does it matter that we call ourselves blind or does it matter that we call ourselves visually impaired? Well, not necessarily, but I think that it's important from the standpoint of education for the sighted community. Now, a lot of people who are sighted don't understand the idea of being blind. They assume you either can see or you can't see. They don't understand the idea of the spectrum. So if you can see, you're sighted. If you can't see, you're blind and you can't see anything. And that's just not the case. Like I said, most people with vision problems can see some. So I encourage you to use those terms in different scenarios, especially if you have usable vision or if you're totally blind or if you are trying to explain the difference between, you know, having government assistance or not and why and why you wouldn't get that. Uh, I think it's important to use those in those kinds of contexts. But if you're just using them for your friends or whatever the case is, that's perfectly acceptable. Use whatever you want to use. I call myself visually impaired. Other people call themselves blind. Other people say legally blind. It doesn't really matter as long as you are presenting yourself very true, very honest, and you're using those terms to educate people around you. Even if those people can't see very well, you're helping to educate those people around you. Maybe you're saying, well, I don't want to educate people, but here's the thing. We have a responsibility. We have an opportunity to teach those people around us. So use these words and phrases in a very special and specific way to help educate and teach those people around you. And I want to wrap up today's episode as I usually do with my real life retweet. It's a quote, it's a little saying, something that you can take away with you today to think about, to remember, to ponder, that sort of thing. So our quote today comes from somebody you may have heard of. His name is Pablo Picasso. He was a pretty famous painter, you know, maybe you've seen some of his paintings. And he says a really interesting quote that I want to give you today. And he says this, quote, painting is a blind man's profession. He paints not what he sees, but what he feels what he tells himself about what he has seen, end quote. And I think that's so interesting and so unique that somebody who paints, somebody who's known for painting, you know, somebody who has created art would say that painting is a blind man's profession. And the reason he says that is because we paint what we feel, what we tell ourselves about what we've seen, not just the picture itself, but what it creates within us. And I think that's such an interesting quote in and of itself. And I encourage you to think about that That quote from Pablo Picasso. All right, guys. Well, that is going to wrap it up for me today on this episode of Life After Sight Loss Radio. I want to take just a minute to say thank you for listening. If you've made it all the way to the end of the episode, you guys are awesome. You're the best. And I thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you hadn't gotten a chance yet to subscribe to the podcast, I'd love for you to do that. That way you won't miss another single episode. It'll come straight to your mobile device or wherever you subscribe. You can do that in iTunes. You can do that in Google Play. You can do that in Stitcher. And you can do that in any of your favorite podcast catchers. And you can get all the links to that if you just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash podcast. 
And while you're subscribing, I'd love for you to leave a rating and review, and especially in iTunes, as that helps other people know what the show's all about, because they might look at it and wonder, hmm, I wonder if I should listen to this, and they'll hear from listeners like you who've shared in the comments, the reviews, the ratings, and say, hey, I loved it, it was great, he shares insights, he shares this, whatever the case is, whatever you have to offer, I'm sure other people would love to hear it. So if you'd leave a rating and review, gosh, I sure would appreciate it. And while you're surfing the World Wide Web, if you would be so kind as to go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash contact, and you can find all the ways to get in touch with me, Facebook, Twitter, email, all that good stuff, I would love to hear from you. Maybe you have questions, maybe you have thoughts, maybe you just want to say, hey, hey, what's going on? I'd love to hear from you. Send me that message. Let me know. Let's stay in contact because we're building community and it's all about helping you to discover life after sight loss. So let me know. How's it going in your world? Hit me up, lifeaftersightloss.com slash contact. Well, that is going to wrap it up for me this week. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I hope it was encouraging, entertaining, informative, and all that other good stuff. Hey, if you'd be so kind as to share this episode with somebody, let them know about the podcast, about the website, and maybe, just maybe, it'll bring them encouragement as well. And don't forget, if you want the show notes to today's episode, just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 005. There you'll find information, links, conversation, and all the other stuff you need to know about today's episode, lifeaftersightloss.com slash 005. And until next time, remember, guys, that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name's Derek Daniel from lifeaftersightloss.com, and I'll see you in the next one.